everybody. We are Joe and Rachel Tenney. We're friends of Kevin, and he's kindly given us a chance to share with you what we are doing with our podcast, Control Free Christianity. Sometimes good and beautiful things like the Bible, church, even teachings about God himself are misused. People can use these things of God to control, manipulate, and abuse others. What should bring freedom in life end up bringing bondage? How do we work through things like spiritual abuse, narcissism in the church, and overbearing authority? Join Rachel and I as we podcast most weeks as we share what has brought us and so many other people freedom in Jesus. We would love to have you join us. You can find us by searching for Control Freak Christianity on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, or you can head to controlfreakchristianity.com. See you there. You're listening to the serialized preview of The Many Phases of Lily Andrews, Phase 4, Artificial, written and read by Kevin Morris. To unlock the full ad-free version of this audiobook as it airs, head over and support the project on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lilyandrews. That's Lily spelled L-I-L-Y. If you haven't yet listened to the original three short stories, Phases 1 through 3, they are available on Audible. The link is in the show notes. To learn more, visit theminiphasesoflilyandrews.com. Thanks for listening. Chapter 8. Likeness I'm telling you, it's true. I swear. I once punched a wooden board in half, William insisted, attempting to persuade Emmy as the three of them stood waiting for their rides home. Callan had already departed for softball practice, leaving just the three of them. There's no way... Emmy stood her ground. No one in my karate class has even done that. I did, I promise. Lily was there. Tell her, cuz. He did, Lily confirmed absently. But it was really thin plywood, and he cried afterwards. William looked dumbfounded. Lily, why? He groaned. Emmy was laughing hard now. Maybe if Lily had not been so distracted, she would have come to her cousin's aid rather than ratting him out. But what was done was done. It was probably good for the boy to suffer in front of Emmy every now and then when he was talking himself up. His pride could take it. Lily was only standing here until both of her friends left in order to avoid suspicion. She wanted them to think she had gone home at the normal time. She communicated this delay to Aiden earlier that day by passing him a note in the hallway on the way to science. She had to be stealthy with that as well. If Callan caught when she was passing notes to a boy, she would never let it go. The discussion continued without Lily, who was too lost inside her own head to offer more than the occasional response. Only once her friends said goodbye did Focus return to her. She then took the sidewalk at a brisk pace to the playground. It was strange to see their place of recreation so vacant. People were rarely here outside of school hours. It was kind of sad to see the equipment without children utilizing it. The lonely tunnel slides hummed as the wind blew through them, like giant woodwinds. That same breeze caused the empty swings to sway gently, almost as if phantoms kept the seats warm while the children were away. But there was one swing that still held a warm body. Lily waved to Aiden, who motioned her over. Sorry, my friends just now left, she said when she arrived, taking a seat in a neighboring swing. It's okay, the boy said, his voice low. His expression was hard to read behind the sunglasses he always seemed to be wearing when he was allowed. The silence that followed was awkward. 
Rumor was that the boy was standoffish, and not being able to see his eyes very well added to the intimidation factor. However, she had not gotten that vibe from him the day before, though that might have been due to how chaotic their first meeting was. But one thing was for certain. He was definitely a quiet person. She had somehow not thought to prepare herself for this. Hopefully he would come out of a shell soon, else this would be a very one-sided conversation. Your friends don't know then? He asked suddenly, catching her by surprise. Then his face turned apologetic, possibly mistaking her surprise for offense. I'm sorry, it just kind of seems like you're sneaking around. Lily hesitated. She had not expected these to be his first words and relaxed a bit at his concern that he might have pried too much. One of them does, my cousin William. Aiden seemed surprised. How long has he known? About a year or so. And he's never said anything to anyone? Nope, she answered with pride. Wow, Aiden said with a longing loneliness Lily knew all too well. I won't tell anyone either, ever, she assured him. The boy just smiled and began rocking slowly in his swing. Lily had been planning what she would say all night, but now that they were together, she found herself oddly lost for words. Sorry I melted your bandages yesterday, she offered. It's okay, they were dirty. I was going to rewrap my leg later anyway, he responded. So no one would be suspicious that it healed so quickly? Yeah. Another awkward pause. So, Aiden broke the silence for the second time. How long have you been able to do whatever it is you can do? She had worried about dominating the conversation, but so far he was the one leading it. Lily snickered. She was not sure if it was because of the humor of what he had said, or just the physical reaction to the relief she felt at the conversation finally taking off. You mean change the phase of things? I think I was five the first time I did it. Aiden's mouth opened slightly. He seemed impressed for some reason. But I didn't do it again until I was ten. That's when I started using it all the time. Why would you stop for five years? Lily's eyes fell to the ground beneath her swing. I showed my parents the first time. Though she did not notice until she looked back at him, she thought she could see Aiden's eyes go wide behind his sunglasses. So your parents are together? Yeah, why? Lily answered curiously. The question seemed out of left field. No reason. Aiden dismissed the topic, quickly moving on. So telling them didn't go well, huh? No, they were really scared, was all Lily managed to say. But you started using it again. How do they feel about it now? They don't know I can still do it. I actually think they've tried to forget it ever happened, or tell themselves it wasn't real. Lily was trying her best to be patient. Along with Emmy not knowing her secret, her least favorite subject to discuss was her parents' reaction to liquid sunlight. But she wanted Aiden to ask his fill of questions without resistance, so she could do the same afterwards. That stinks, the boy acknowledged. I was going to tell my mom once. I was going to tell my mom once. But when she told me she didn't have time to talk, I lost my nerve. Then I just never did. It's probably better that way, at least for now, Lily said. Recognizing the opportunity to start asking her own questions, she asked, How long have you had your gift? The boy looked stumped. I don't really remember, he admitted. Maybe since I was six or seven? How did you find out about it? Lily moved along with her line of thinking. A look of shyness crept over the boy's face. It's kind of hard to explain. When Lily held his gaze, he took the hint and pressed on. I used to live with my grandma because mom moved around so much. 
She would always stay with us when she was in town, but was always either on her phone or sleeping. Lily was struggling to see what this had to do with his ability. Aiden must have perceived this, for he seemed to regroup. Anyway, he started again. She has a habit when she goes to take a nap. She always says, I'm going to recharge, then unplugs her phone charger and takes it to her room with her. It sounds kind of dumb, but I used to believe she was actually using the phone charger to charge herself. I believed all kinds of silly things when I was little too, Lily affirmed him. So one day when she wasn't home, I wanted to try recharging too. I wasn't really sure how, so I just grabbed the end of the cord and imagined what electricity would feel like flowing into me. Lily suddenly knew exactly how this story would progress. There were a lot of similarities to her first experience with liquid sunlight. The next thing I knew, Aiden continued, I could feel a current moving up my arm. Did it hurt? Lily interrupted, remembering the sensation she had felt once when incorrectly unplugging the power supply to her father's computer. No, it wasn't like being electrocuted. It was warm, like getting in the bath. It went from my arm to my chest, then through my entire body. It made me want to run as fast as I could or go on my swing set and go as high as I could. Wow, that's crazy, Lily marveled. I bet you don't even have to sleep then. Actually, I do. Aiden started, some of the excitement draining from his voice. She had gotten ahead of him. After a few hours, I got really tired, more tired than I'd ever been. I went to bed before dinner and didn't wake up until the next morning. The boy almost seemed embarrassed. Perhaps it was just in breaking the illusion of what seemed like a perfect ability. But Lily did not think any less of it. She was too busy piecing things together. So, do you take a charger to the bathroom at school to recharge? Lily asked. Actually, I just touched the wall behind the stalls. I think there's wiring behind them. Like how you just touched the air conditioner, Lily acknowledged. What about you? Aiden shifted focus. Do you remember how you discovered what you can do? I remember it all. Lily smiled. She told him about that first day she noticed the beams of light streaking through her living room and how she held her glass up under one, imagining what it would be like if it were to become liquid until it did. The story seemed to surprise Aiden, who had been unaware of her signature concoction until then. In fact, when Lily thought about what she could do, liquid sunlight was always the first thing that came to mind. But Aiden seemed to only focus on all the other things she could do. She kicked herself for not having a thermos on her. In the same way she did not use her abilities at school, she also never carried liquid sunlight. She apologized for this, saying she would make sure he got to try some later. It was important after all. Can you show me something else you can do? Aiden asked after hearing her backstory. Right now? Yeah. I don't know. Like what? Aiden stopped rocking in his swing and glanced around the playground. Could you make that tree a liquid? Why does everyone want me to melt a tree? Lily asked herself in a voice that was somewhere between a chuckle and a groan. William had asked her something similar just after learning about her gift. I'm not going to change the tree. I like that tree. It's the only one we have. Can't you just change it back? Aiden asked. I'd rather not risk it, Lily answered. For some reason, turning a liquid into a complex, solid object like a tree seemed much more complicated than the reverse. In reality, it was equally as impossible as anything else she could do. She just often struggled to believe it was possible, and therefore, sometimes it was and sometimes it was not. Aiden's face fell, and he began rocking gently in his swing again without his feet leaving the ground. But I can show you something else. I discovered it this year when we were learning about the water cycle. 
For most kids growing up, learning science is a process of becoming acquainted with nature's restrictions and limitations. However, for Lily, who could bend those rules, it was the complete opposite. Her imagination was her biggest limitation. The more she knew about the universe, the more ideas she had about how to manipulate it. Lily directed Aiden's eyes upward. See that big cloud right above us? She asked. The one that looks like a ram? I thought it looked more like a flying buffalo, she admitted. Buffaloes can't fly, the boy corrected her. Okay, forget what it looks like. Just watch it. Her eyes lingered on the cloud in its current form before returning to her new friend. Well, Aiden pushed, finding the moment of nothing uncomfortable. Wait for it, Lily smiled. A single drop of water landed on the rim of Aiden's sunglasses, the resulting splash causing him to flinch. This was followed by another droplet, and then another, until they were in the center of a miniature shower. Lily held out her hands and grinned smugly, encouraging Aiden to behold her handiwork. When the rain stopped, the half-soaked boy looked at her in amazement. Then he smiled. It was kind of short. I can't help it. There aren't many clouds in the sky today, Lily said almost defensively. I'm just changing them into water. I'm just kidding. It's amazing, Aiden laughed, removing his sunglasses and wiping them with the hem of his shirt, which did little as it too was wet. Here, I've got it, Lily said. Then they were dry, just like that. The only evidence is that they had even been wet were a few water spots on Aiden's sunglass lenses. That's so cool, he marveled. Lily grinned wide. It is pretty neat, isn't it? The signal that their time was up came quickly afterwards in the form of a blast from her mother's car horn as it pulled up by the far fence. That's my mom, Lily informed him. I guess it's time to go. As they stood to leave, she suddenly realized how sore her backside had become from sitting in the uncomfortable swing. From the way Aiden walked at first, he obviously felt the same soreness. Can I ask you a question? Lily inquired as they walked. Sure, Aiden replied, dragging his feet. Why do you always wear sunglasses? She had been gathering the courage to ask this for some time, but was afraid it would come off as teasing. She tried her best to ensure her voice implied nothing but curiosity, which was the honest motivation behind the question. The light hurts my eyes, the boy responded, watching the grass as he went. Oh, Lily said, has it always? Since I was little. I don't really remember when it started, but it's gotten worse. My teachers have never liked me wearing sunglasses, but it's not against the rules as long as I take them off inside. Well, I think they're cool, Lily offered. Lily's mother rolled down the passenger side window as they approached the vehicle. Would your cool friend like a ride home? That's when it hit Lily that the buses were all gone. She felt guilty for not realizing this sooner. It's okay, I can walk. It's really not far, Aiden said quietly. No doubt the woman in the car could not hear given the distance between them. Lily relayed this to her mother on his behalf. He said it's okay, he'll walk. Nonsense, her mother called back. Let me give you a ride, it'll be much faster. Saying nothing, Aiden relented and followed his new friend to her car. Lily opened the back door, allowing the boy to crawl in first before entering herself. Mom, this is Aiden, he's in my science class. Hello Aiden, it's nice to meet you, I'm Mrs. Andrews. The boy went skittish but managed to say, Thanks for the ride. Of course, Lily's mother chirped. The woman then did a double take towards the back seat. Where do you live, Aiden? 117 Cypress Street. Oh, Lily, her mom sang. That's just down the road from where Papa and Bamba live. 
Isn't that just down the road from here too? Lily scratched her head. That's right, her mom confirmed. But then why do you take the school bus? Lily asked, looking at Aiden. Couldn't you just walk? We've lived in a few rough areas, Aiden answered her, almost seeming ashamed. I'm just really cautious. I think that's very smart of you, Lily's mother encouraged. Better safe than sorry, though you're safe enough around here. Most of the ride consisted of Lily's mom directing questions at Aiden, who would give quick responses. He did, however, eventually begin to relax. Lily was both slightly embarrassed about her mother's interrogation and thankful for it. Because of it, she found out that Aiden's mother worked the day shift on an assembly line, something the girl would not have thought to ask. It was also revealed that Aiden lived alone with his mom. Upon acquiring this information, Lily's mom had not pried further into the subject. When they arrived in front of Aiden's house, he politely thanked the woman for the ride and bid them both farewell. They sat in the parked car and watched the boy as he made his way through his front yard towards the front door, stopping to check the mailbox on the way. Lily noticed that the grass on the lawn was overgrown. Reaching the entrance, Aiden glanced over his shoulder, aware that he was being observed. He then fumbled around in his pants pocket for a moment, eventually pulling out a key and using it to enter the house. His mom must not get off until later, Lily's mom noted. Satisfied that she had delivered the kid safely to his home, she put the vehicle in drive and they continued on. There was no fortnight that weekend. Lily did get to spend some of Saturday at Emmy's house. However, she did not see William or his family until church on Sunday, where she spoke with him after the service. She used each of these opportunities to tell her friends one by one about befriending Aiden. Though they had never stopped asking about Lily's disappearance to meet the boy during kickball on Thursday, she had wanted to wait until she got to know him more before having any conversations about the boy. She explained to each of them that Aiden was new to the area and did not really know anyone, and that she intended to be his friend. Her hope was to bring him into their group, which obviously required the group's support. The prospect made her nervous, but she had managed to get both of her friends to agree to be intentional with the newcomer, making sure he felt welcome. However, both of her two friends had asked a similar question. Emmy wanted to know if Lily liked the new boy, while William inquired if the new boy liked Lily. It was not like that, at all. She was growing tired of all the questions about who liked who. They were not even in high school yet. Though her lips were sealed, she wanted to tell them that it was not a matter of one of them liking the other, but of each of them being like the other. Chapter 9. Inclusion I'll trade you half my turkey sandwich for half of your peanut butter and jelly, Callan offered, attempting to strike up a deal with Emmy. They had all brought their lunch to school that day, as the cafeteria was serving meatloaf. On such occasions, they enjoyed the free commerce that came with every kid having something different. What's it got on it? Emmy asked, considering the trade. Just mustard and Swiss cheese. I think I'll stick to my peanut butter and jelly, Emmy smirked. Then she clapped her hands together. Itadakimasu, she said to herself before tearing into the sandwich in her hand. She did this before every meal, whether she was alone or not. Lily knew that the custom came from Emmy's mother, and the word itself meant something like, I humbly receive this food. Lily could not stifle a grin at her friend's exchange as she bit into her own sandwich and watched the lunch line file past their table. Perhaps the biggest perk of bringing one's lunch was getting to bypass the waiting and get straight to eating. This translated to more recess time. Their usual table was located near the food bar. Today, it was just the four of them, with all three girls sitting on one side and William all by his lonesome on the other. However, he was sitting in the center, directly in front of Emmy, so Lily knew better than to feel sorry for him. She pulled her eyes away for a drink of water. 
the liquid, though essential for life, left her unsatisfied. This was one of the many times she wished she had allowed herself access to liquid sunshine during school, but the risk was just too great. Returning her attention to the bustle around her, Lily spotted Aiden, who had just gotten his tray of food and was about to pass their table. Aiden, Lily called out, motioning for the boy to come sit with them. Despite her exertion, the sound still barely rose above the bed of chatter that filled the cafeteria. Her friends, however, took notice and went quiet. Her new acquaintance, still dressed in all black, changed course and started for their table, keeping his head down as he did. The bandage on his chin was gone. He had probably decided that a weekend was enough time to have made a convincing recovery. It was hard to tell if his knee was still wrapped since he wore pants. The jingling of his chain was just high-pitched enough to cut through the noise as he walked. All eyes at the table were on the boy as he arrived and reluctantly took a seat in front of Lily, who just smiled, trying her best to make sure he knew she wanted him there. Everyone, this is Aiden. A quick look at her friends revealed mixed expressions. William and Emmy looked friendly enough, but Callan's face showcased uncertainty. This was typical of the girl. Regardless, they all introduced themselves to the newcomer before Lily had a chance to do it for them, which was a good sign. Lily told us you were the boy who got hurt on the track during the popsicle walk, William engaged the new kid. Yeah, he confirmed, clearly self-conscious. Dude, you're fast. William always respected physical ability. He was no doubt remembering Aiden zipping past them on their walk that day. Like seriously, I wish I could run that fast. Thanks. Aiden's response was short, but his posture seemed to relax some. I honestly think you would have broken the record if that punk Garrett hadn't tripped you, William continued, completely sincere. That's what I was trying to do, Aiden answered with dry disappointment. What's that jerk got against you anyway? Callan suddenly chimed in. Lily guessed she could not resist the chance to express her opinion about Garrett. I don't know. Aiden looked down at his food as he said it. I don't think I've ever done anything to him. He's just a bully, Callan concluded. He probably just figured you wouldn't fight back. If I were you, I would have decked him hard. I'd love to see him try to stop me. Do you really think he'd hit a girl? Emmy asked. It doesn't matter, Callan grinned, cracking her knuckles. I would. Aiden did not respond, but instead locked eyes with the hot-headed girl before smiling and starting in on his food. In her own way, Callan had stated that she was on his side. Maybe he finally felt comfortable enough to eat. As he did, Lily sized up the cup of orange sherbet on the corner of the boy's tray. It was one of her favorite things that the cafeteria offered, but the dessert almost always came on the days when she did not like the rest of the items on the menu. Hello, girls, came Dylan's voice as the boy strode up behind William, tray in hand. Hey, William fussed. Sorry, Dylan said, preparing to refine his statement. Hello, girls, and William. That's better. Dylan glanced at Lily's side of the table, and then down at Aiden, who sat across from her. His face fell into a frown. Dylan, this is Aiden, Lily decided to say after witnessing the change. The scowl left Dylan's face. He then playfully slapped Aiden on the back. Nice to meet you, Aiden. There seemed to be an air of superiority to the act. The shy boy winced at the contact of the boy's palm on his lower shoulder. Dylan eyed him another moment before finally stepping to the other side of William and taking a seat across from Callan. Hey, Lily, he projected from down the table. Here, I know how much you like this. Lily turned to see Dylan passing a cup of orange sherbet and a spoon down to her. A smile bloomed on her face. Thanks, Dylan. Of course, he replied, quite pleased with himself. He was not so bad all the time.
Lily got right to her sherbet. She knew she would have to make quick work of it. The frozen treat tended to become soup not long after it was distributed. So Aiden, what's your favorite subject? Emmy asked their new friend. After Lily's private conversation with him last Friday, the question seemed shallow to her. However, she realized she actually did not know a lot of simple things about the boy. Math, Aiden replied after pausing a moment to finish chewing his latest bite of meatloaf. Math, Callan exclaimed. Are you crazy? Nobody likes math. Lily shot her a scolding look. I mean, Callan started to amend her statement. She let those words hang in the air before finally admitting, math is hard. Then she awkwardly returned to her turkey sandwich. Not really, Aiden said, finishing off his meatloaf and starting on his mashed potatoes. Lily noted that he ate his food one item at a time. You must be really smart then, Emmy complimented, probably trying to offset any offense Callan's statement might have caused. What's your grade in math? 99, the dark-haired boy stated. His tone was so casual that the weight of his answer took a moment to sink in. When it did, the entire table stopped eating and stared at him in amazement. Seriously? Callan and Emmy stated at once. Yeah, Aiden confirmed, this time not waiting to finish his latest mouthful of food. That's amazing, Lily marveled. I have a C in math, William confessed, adding to the impressiveness of Aiden's score by contrasting it with his own. I have a bad grade too, Callan admitted. Lily had seen her friend's last report card and did not blame her for not saying her math grade out loud. Mom says I have to get it up this semester or I'm going to get grounded. Hey, that's exactly what my mom said, William related. She also said I have to get my conduct grade up this week or I'm grounded. There was some mischievousness in his voice during that last bit. You'd be okay if you just quit talking in class, Amy smirked at him. If you were quiet, you wouldn't even get accused by mistake like last week. Lily watched Aiden's body relax again. He was most likely glad to have the spotlight removed from him. I'm as quiet as it gets and I still get in trouble, he remarked. She had not expected him to join the conversation. Yeah, because you fall asleep, Lily jested and clarified in one sentence. Like I said, quiet as it gets. This got a good laugh out of the entire table. That was the thing about quiet types like Aiden. They were usually extremely funny, if for no other reason than their jokes were few and far between. There was a loud bang that echoed through the entire cafeteria. The whole table jolted at the sudden disturbance. One of their accident-prone classmates, Jimmy Fortune, had dropped his tray on the floor near the waste bin. Oh, so close, William commented on the boy's proximity to his destination. The poor sixth grader stood rooted to the ground, surrounded by the remainder of his meatloaf and mashed potatoes. That's so nasty, Emmy cringed. She no doubt meant the mixture of meat, potatoes, and ketchup now caked on the boy's pants and shoes. Typical misfortune, Callan stated, using the boy's nickname. Mrs. Winston rose from the teacher's table and patted the boy down with a towel before escorting him from the room. A lunch lady with a mop then arrived at the scene of the accident. Well, I say we head outside, Dylan suggested. One by one, they began to stand, signifying their agreement. I kind of have to go to the bathroom now, Emmy confessed, looking to her best friend for companionship. Lily glanced at Aiden. It almost felt like going with Emmy would be abandoning him. Come on, Aiden. Girls always have to go to the bathroom together, William said, closing his lunchbox and standing up. Do you play kickball? The new boy rose from his seat, picking up his tray. I have, but I'm not very good. I bet you're better than you think, 
William continued as the boys made their way towards the exit. Her cousin had made it easy on her. To the bathroom, Lily proclaimed, turning to Emmy and Callan. I hate these hand dryers, Callan complained as the three finished up in the restroom. As usual, the girl spoke what everyone else was thinking. Lily wondered how clean her hands actually got when she ended up having to wipe them on her clothes. Filing out the door into the hallway, they began the long walk to the exit. I bet they've started without us, Callan griped. Sorry, Emmy responded, casting her eyes down. I really had to go. For a moment, there was only the sound of their quickened footsteps. Then, deciding to collect some last-minute information, Lily asked what was on her mind. What do you think of Aiden? I knew it. You do like him, Callan reacted first. I do not, Lily fired back. Emmy flinched. Perhaps she had come off more bitter than she meant to. But she wanted to make her intentions clear. I'm trying to help him make friends because he doesn't have any. Jeez, chill out, Callan verbally backpedaled. I was just kidding. Lily took a deep breath and exhaled her frustration. Please cut it out. To answer your question, I think he's cool, Callan said more seriously. Lily and Emmy both looked at the girl, who rarely cut anyone such slack. Noticing their surprise, she continued, Why are you looking at me like that? I think Callan likes him, Emmy giggled. I think Callan is okay with him because they both hate Garrett, Lily followed up. This earned her a scowl from Emmy. Sorry, they both don't like Garrett. I definitely feel bad for him having to deal with that jerk all the time, but he actually would be kind of cute if he ditched the whole emo look. She never seemed as bothered by the whole boy-girl thing as the people she teased. He's pretty funny too, Emmy added. When he talks. Well, I'm glad you're okay with him. I'm going to ask him to hang out with us at recess from now on, Lily concluded as the girls finally reached the double doors leading to the playground. Because of how they were arranged, Lily and Callan were positioned to push open each door while Emmy got to stroll through, taking advantage of their chivalry, even if it was unintentional. As their eyes adjusted to the burst of sunlight, it immediately became clear that something was off. The only children who seemed to be going about their own business were at the far end of the playground. Those closer to the building had clustered together near the kickball area. They appeared to be watching something in suspense. The immediate area was eerily quiet, apart from a few raised voices coming from within the circle of bystanders. Oh no, Lily groaned, recognizing one of them as her cousins. Without another thought, she bolted towards the scene. Emmy and Callan shouted for her to wait up while staying on her heels. In the corner of her eye, Lily saw Mrs. Carla heading over from the other side of the playground. Whatever was going on, it would not last much longer. The first thing she noticed when she arrived was that Aiden was on the ground. By the way he was propping himself up with his arms behind him, it seemed as if he had been pushed down. The next detail that came to her attention was the standoff between Garrett and William. Her cousin had taken a defensive stance in front of Aiden. The bully held his ground at the head of a small group of his own delinquent friends. It was a good thing Mrs. Carla was on the way. William was outnumbered. Move it, William. This little punk got me suspended, Garrett was shouting. Coming to a halt about ten feet from her cousin, Lily observed his behavior. His face exuded utter determination. In fact, had she not been close enough to notice the slight tremor in his bald fists, she would have never guessed he was nervous in the slightest. If you start a fight, you'll just get suspended again, William articulated in a way that was both firm and sobering. And just like last time, it'll be your own fault. What's going on here? Came Mrs. Carla's voice as she approached. Garrett pushed Aiden down and was going to hit him, but William stopped him, one of the bystanders spoke up. 
Lily recognized her as Amanda Carley, a girl who tended to make everyone else's business her own. At that moment, though, this often annoying habit was welcome. Lily was glad she had spoken up before Garrett had enough time to spin a tale. Garrett, William, Aiden, all three of you, come with me to the principal's office, Mrs. Carla commanded. We'll finish this when your bodyguard isn't there to protect you, Garrett snarled at Aiden. You will do no such thing, Mrs. Carla snapped. Now march. Lily made eye contact with her two friends as they were led back into the school without another word. Emmy and Callan, who had been standing at a distance, made their way over. Callan was fuming. I really hate... She started before glancing at Emmy and closing her mouth. Like William, Emmy's hands were shaking at her side. Lily was glad the standoff had not escalated into full-blown violence. Her best friend might have had to go to the nurse. I really dislike Garrett, Callan finally concluded. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Did you know that The Many Faces of Lily Andrews has companion music? There's an eight-song collection called The Apristi EP, written by Kevin Morse, available now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. I tried to write the lyrics in a way that won't spoil the plot, so feel free to listen in any order you like. But my hope is that the songs will mean more after hearing the story. A link to that is available in the show notes. Until next time. <laughs>